Hi everyone and thank you for joining us today on this last webinar of 2023 with Hyman Robertson. Hyman Robertson provides pensions, investments, benefits and risk consulting services, as well as data and technology solutions. They have worked with Gradcracker for four years and today we're going to be hearing from the graduates about their experiences with the company um, as well as hearing from Kirsty in the HR team all about their recruitment processes as well as who they are as a company and some of their key initiatives. So right now Hans Robertson is recruiting for their summer internship and graduate trainee consultant programme with a deadline of the 12th of February 2024 which it seems like a long way away but it'll be here before we know it. Well. Um, on their company hub, you can also get a fantastic insight to who they are as a company and hear about the graduates, interns, all about their experiences. And so head on there after this webinar and apply, follow and find out even more about them. So firstly, let's meet Kirsty. Hi, Kirsty. And um, can you give an overview of, to the audience about your role at Hyman Robertson? Yeah, sure. So lovely to meet you all. I'm Kirsty. I'm one of the recruitment team over here at Hyman. So I sit within the HR team. Um, I've been with Hyman's for a just under two years now um, and my role at Hyman's is really to look after all of our early career opportunities so that's everything from um, school leaver programs right the way through to our graduate program so it includes the summer intern and the grad programs that we'll be chatting to you about today. Perfect I'm going to stop calling you Hyman Robertson now because you've just taken my list I'm going to call you Hyman's <laughs> bless her mouthful and um, so tell everybody about the business so what is it that Hyman's does? That's a good question. So I feel like I'm learning new things about that every single day because um, we are quite a varied business. But Hyman Robertson, um, we opened our doors um, back in the early 1920s. Um, but as you can imagine, we're quite a different business now to what we were back then. So we've got about 1,300 staff members across our four offices um, in Glasgow, Edinburgh, um, Birmingham and London. So some of you on the call might know Hyman Robertson is a pensions and investments consultancy and what that means is that we work with a mixture of employers, trustees and financial services institutions to provide independent pensions, investments, benefits and risk consulting services. So that is a bit of a mouthful I will admit. <laughs> um, we've got some relatively new um, additions to that so we do things like more bespoke tech and, and data solutions as well. But in a nutshell, what we do is we support our clients to make decisions that have real and direct effects on their financial futures. So you might hear us talk today a little bit about our purpose, and that's what we refer to as Together Building Better Futures, and it's absolutely the heart of everything we do as a firm. So it not only underpins kind of our commitments to our clients and the support that we give them, but it also extends out to doing the best for our staff, the communities that we serve, and the environment um, that we're in as well. So pretty much whatever we do, we're, we're keen to ensure we make a positive of impact. Big thing about us is that we're all about building long-term relationships with our clients and what you'll probably find as we chat through today is a few of them are actually with, have been with us since we opened our doors in the 1920s so I always think that's a great a great fact that's kind of testament to that as yeah. well. Yeah definitely and you mentioned tech is something that's relatively new to Highlands Kirsty and um, thinking about the future and what um, the current grads and potential grads can be involved in uh, is there any key initiatives that you want to tell the audience about today? Oh, that is a good question. So probably best answer that will be some of my fellow panellists who will be actually working in those yeah. um, in those areas and doing those sorts of roles there. Um, but a big part of my role is, is thinking about growth and a big focus for Hyman's is how do we bring in more fantastic early career hires, so more students, more interns like the people who will be dialing into this call today. And how do we do that so that we can, you know, plan and prepare for kind of future skills requirements across our businesses. Yeah. And 
another big focus for us um, sits in, in the more kind of technological side of things. And that's what we refer to as Transform DB. And I'm sure everyone um, who's on our panel today will be much more well versed on, on mm -hmm. that than me from HR. Um, but as some of you may know, the pensions landscape in the UK is changing. It's moving away from what was kind of the traditional um, defined benefit pensions, moving over to what we might refer to as defined contribution pensions there. So that means that us as a firm, our services and, and the way we work, we need to adapt and change to support that so that we can be sure that we're able to put the right support in place um, and have the right services in place for our clients. Um, and so we're there to support them as well. So for us, that's probably one of the biggest things that you might hear us chat about a little bit more today. Yeah, definitely. And I think the grads will speak about their projects and everything else a little bit later on, like Kirsty said, and get more of an insight into what they actually do. So thinking about um, the, the two roles that I mentioned, Kirsty, that are currently open on Bradcracker. So you've got your summer internship and your graduate programme, um, which are currently on the Hammonds um, Hub on Gradcracker. So tell us a little bit more about those roles and what can students be involved in those and any key dates and things like that that need to be aware of? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So um, both of our internship and our graduate opportunities are focused on helping you to start your career as an actuary. Now, um, an actuarial career path isn't always one that people are aware of. Um, I certainly wasn't aware of it till I started doing my research and started thinking about um, my role at Hyman. So what I want to do is just super quickly explain what I mean by that and then we can yeah. chat a little bit about those different opportunities there. So to put it really simply, and I'm probably going to butcher this, um, um, I'm probably going to absolutely butcher this uh, definition, <laughs> which is dead um, intimidating when you've got four budding actuaries <laughs> staring at you as well there. But to put it really simply, kind of the way the way I see it and what actuaries do is that they usually complex mathematical modelling technology and software to try and predict what's going to happen in the future. So it's their job to try and support businesses to make informed decisions about their financial futures. So that can take lots and lots of different forms, whether that's thinking about how businesses save guard and grow their pension pots and um, whether it's thinking about how they support people to set realistic insurance premiums and um, helping them to value their assets really there is such a broad broad spectrum of things that, that an actuary can do or that they can specialize in as well there and at Hyman's there is an opportunity to specialize in all of those different fields that we can refer to as our business units but I think one of the biggest misconceptions about the role is that you have to come from a math or an actuarial science background and that's just not really the case anymore. At Hyman's we recognise that any degree programme, particularly any STEM degree programme, gives you such a fab, fab range of skills that will be of real high value to us. So while you need to enjoy working with numbers, we're also interested in people who've got a really good ability in things like communicating and building relationships, who can work well as part of a team and who enjoy kind of solving complex problems too. So if that kind of sounds like something you might be interested in, our summer intern and our grad opportunities um, are open at the moment for applications. For our summer interns, we take on rounds about 30 or so of them every year. Um, and our applications, as I say, they are open now for those who are in their penultimate year. So um, second to last year um, students there. So as part of this, you'll join us in July or August and you'll spend time um, 
designated to one of our consulting teams. So each team focuses on a slightly different actuarial area, but what you'll find is there's lots of cross-team opportunities to work and for you to gain exposure across the different areas of our firm. So over the eight weeks with FAST, you'd be aligned to one of those specialist roles and you'll work with your team to learn the ropes of what an actuary does within that area. You'll learn about the systems, the data, the processes, and all the things that you'll do. I think um, alongside this as well, you'll work on an individual project and we can chat more about kind of what they look like later but the best thing about our summer intern program is that we use it as a feeder program for our grad opportunities so if you come in and you do really well over the summer there's every chance that you're going to get invited back um, next September for a ring fence graduate space so it takes some of the stress out of your final year when you're trying to do your dissertation and your final year project and all your exams if you already know you've got that graduate role secured Absolutely. for that. Yes. which is great. The grad role, um, for those who are in their final year or for those who've recently graduated, our structured graduate programme gives you the opportunity to join us as a trainee consultant within our actuarial investment, defined contribution or insurance and financial services business units. And from day one, you'll be supported to develop your skills and work on a really big, diverse range of client projects. So similar to, to what the interns do, just more so on that bigger kind of graduate scale. With that, we'll also support you to become a student member of the Institute and Faculty of Actuaries or the CFA Institute as you develop into a fully qualified consultant within your area there. And applications for that are open just now as well. Well, I thought you did a brilliant job there. Yeah. I, can, I can barely say it. <laughs> 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 I was everybody was smiling and all of them so well done. <laughs> and so, think about locations, Kirsty. So you mentioned at the beginning you're based in Edinburgh, Glasgow, London and Birmingham. Are these opportunities based in all four locations or uh, specific ones? Yeah, they're based in all four. Um, we are quite flexible on where you work um, and we do recruit across all of those different business units and in all of those different business areas. With the exception, exception of actuarial public, they are just predominantly based in our, our Glasgow office. But all of the other ones, have, you've got a bit of more um, freedom to move about there as well. Perfect. Thank you very much, Kirsty. So I'm going to join Kirsty later on in the webinar as well to talk about the application process, hints and tips and everything else. And um, so now we're going to move on and do introductions to the grads. And um, so, Robert, I'm going to start with you. Could you tell the audience, please, about where you went to university and what did you study? Yeah, sure. So um, I've studied um, economics at undergraduate level in Aston University in Birmingham. And then I moved on to study finance at a master level at uh, Durham. Perfect. Thank you, Robert. Kieran? Hi, everyone. Uh, I studied maths and statistics at Glasgow University and now work in Glasgow, so I've stayed here all my life. Perfect. Oh, lovely. Thanks, Kieran. Uh, Ewan? Hi. Uh, like Robert, I studied economics, but at the University of Glasgow, like Kieran. Yeah. Um, and I also did, like Robert, a master's in banking finance. Perfect. Thank you very much. And Onyeri? Hi, I'm Onyeri, and I did economics at the University of Nottingham. Super. So remember, like Kirsty said, we've got a bit of a maths economics backgrounds here, but we, they are open to all STEM disciplines as long as you have that love of numbers. And um, Jessica, on to you. Brilliant. Thank you very much. What a great introduction, Kirsty. I think that's helped me yeah, massively. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> With the questions I'm going to ask the graduates. So thank you so much for that introduction. Um, okay, so Robin, I'm going to come to you first because you are at the top of my list. Um, could you tell us a bit about uh, what life is like for you and what your current role is all about? Yeah, sure. So my current role is a, a bit different to to the because I work in research, which is a niche area within Hymans. We are okay. a team of about 30 people 
and we focus on um, analyzing fund managers that pension schemes, either DC or DB, invest in. Mm-hmm. And so, so there isn't a graduate pro- a program within research. So you would apply to the training okay. consultant program. And when you start your role, um, you hear about um, whether you want to join research. So they pick one of the intakes to, mm-hmm. to work in research full time. Right. So, Robert, tell us a bit about, you know, why research? You know, why did you decide to go down that route? Um, I think I'm, I like to dig de- de- um, de- deep into things and research allows you to do that. So you can focus on one topic and really research it and be specialist in that area, which I like. Yeah. And for um, for you, why did you decide to apply to Hans Robertson? What was the, you know what was the attraction with the business? You know why did you think oh I could imagine myself having a career uh, with them? Yeah, sure. So um, I I didn't do a summer internship at Hyman, so I, I applied to to graduate role. So if anybody's yeah. listening, you, you don't have to do a summer internship to 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 go into the graduate scheme if you're passionate about something. Yeah. And yeah. why did I apply to Hyman? So I've spoke to people that work in in the firm before I joined, and they all say the same thing: um, very friendly and people yeah. encourage you to 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 follow your passion and yeah you can do that with Hammonds fantastic <laughs> absolutely perfect thank you Robert and um, so Kieran I'm going to come to you next because you're next on my list uh, tell us a bit more about what life is like for you at Hammonds Robertson and what your current role entails sure so I joined Hammonds just over three years ago now um it was during the 2020 lockdown which was quite an experience um <laughs> I currently work in the public sector pensions consultant team um, here in Glasgow so you probably also hear that called actuarial public and um, my current role is a trainee actuarial consultant so I'm working through my actuarial exams I've got two left oh, really? um, so within the business unit we work with a pension scheme in the UK called the local government pension scheme the LGPS and mm-hmm. um, so that's one of the largest pension schemes in the UK and it's divided up into regional areas so there's around 90 different funds within England and Wales and it's divided up into geographical locations so we've got Strathclyde up here in Glasgow we've got Greater Manchester, we've got smaller ones such as Cornwall, um, areas like Warwickshire, stuff like that. Um, so we currently advise around half the market in that space, so we see ourselves as a market leader. Um, so within those space in each of those funds, ultimately we are giving them funding advice and managing risk for those um, each of those individual funds. Um, so part of that is setting individual employer contribution rates and keeping track of the assets and liabilities within each fund. Um, it's a little bit of a niche um, pension fund in the UK so I'm sure you know come on to talk about DC but we are kind of an open DB scheme um, which, you, which essentially is very expensive and no longer exists in a lot of places a lot of those schemes are closed um, but because we are ultimately underwritten by the government um, those schemes are still open so if you work for any government agency if you work in a school for example um, you'll be enrolled in this pension scheme and um, so that's essentially so what we there with me so Carla she's our pension queen don't ask me any questions about pensions. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely so, not. Did you say DC and DP? And the, the, the kind DB, of sorry. Define benefit and define uh, contribution. Okay. Sorry. So just to clarify, what, what's the difference between those two? Um, so essentially with the DB scheme, um, the that's the more expensive one. So in the future, you know what benefits you're going to get. So you know that your pension is going to be... £10,000 a year and when you retire and then you'll build yeah. it up over time 
Um, essentially, a DC scheme is a little bit more uncertain because you know what you're putting in. So you're putting in a percentage of your pH month, but yeah. it depends when you retire how much your pot is, and that dictates yeah. what your pension is. So I don't know as much about DC. I'm sure you and I'll give a 10 times better explanation than I will. <laughs> well, it was good enough for me. So thanks, Karen. Well, you can, I'll hand over to you. Tell us a bit about your role and, yeah, the life of pensions. Yeah, sure. I'm a DC analyst in the DC consultancy department at Highlands Robertson. Um, I guess the difference, you know, to, to kind of Kieran's point, the difference kind of between a DC and a DB pension is, well, the DB pension effectively promises you a wage effectively forever. Like, you know, right. you, you know, your teachers, nurses, so on. In the DC, you're effectively saving for your own pot. So at your pension, and if you joined Hyman's, it would be the, you know, the pension we offer. You put in a certain contribution and you choose how that gets invested. Mm-hmm. And at the end, of the, when you come to retire, you have that pot to last you through the retirement. So the risk is on you. Um, ultimately, that's the direction that um, all pension schemes are going. As Kieran mentioned, DB pensions are incredibly expensive to run. Right. They just and so more and more schemes are moving to sort of DC, and DB schemes are winding up. Although, not that they that, that there isn't a full career in DB pensions uh, mm-hmm. for for base for anyone joining. Yeah, um, they they will keep running until the last member dies. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> So tell us a bit, Ewan, about, you know, it, it's kind of a niche subject, isn't it? You know, and obviously, how long have you been at Hyman's for, sorry? Um, I've only been at Hyman's for three months. Uh, I joined in September, but before that, I did about a, a year, just over a year in financial advice, um, kind of dealing yeah. with pensions as well. Okay. So what was your attraction? You know, why pensions? Was it an obvious route for you? Tell us why. Yeah, if, I mean, you, so, you know, if you're a student listening to this, thinking, sure. so, you know, I, why Hyman's? Um, well, well, I mean, why Hyman's probably has much more to do with how friendly and you know open they are, and how great a, a learning environment it is. More than um, you know, being attracted to to working in pensions. I've you know, never there's not really any comparable business out there that will help sort of a student go through their exams and you know have such a great education environment after um university than I think Hyman's Robertson. Um, but why, you know, why DC pensions? It's the kind of the fastest growing part. And certainly like with the experience I had in financial advice and economics, it seemed the easiest to apply that skill set to. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine yourself now you've been here for three months? I'm going to ask you this a little bit later on, but so don't go into too much detail. That <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine your future in this area now. You can see where you could end up, you know, with your career, you know, doing all these exams, passing these tests and, going for it yeah definitely um you know how I mean to make it very you know I, I one of the things that uh you know you might add you know we could, we could talk about is that just one of the amazing things about Hyman Robertson is just the lack of barriers to communication you know you're very you're very much sitting um you know and learning from kind of the, the senior people around you and, and yeah. that uh the path to you know the, the path to kind of career progression is very clear for you yeah which yeah we're going to find out um you know lots about and uh, Kieran we'll come back to you in regarding your exams and mm-hmm. what you've been going through over the last couple of years so on you just to bring you in um same kind of question if you could just kind of introduce your role and also how long you've been at Hyman Robertson and what you've been up to yeah so I've been here for three months now starting in September as a grad okay. um and I'm a trainee actuarial consultant at the moment so 
working towards doing exams as well have my first ones in April um oh. and I'm in the I know in the actuarial private team in the Birmingham office so working in DB pensions that those are defined benefit ones um okay. yeah and we just do work on behalf of trustees of pension schemes yeah it's just in the client work mostly so you so yeah so I was going to ask that actually so you're, you're obviously a lot of the time you'll be speaking to kind of external clients kind of helping looking after them and um, how are you finding that you know three months in I can imagine that's quite a bit of responsibility um to be kind of dealing with clients having your own responsibilities how are you finding it and how have Hyman's kind of helped you along the process yeah um it's good so far you definitely get eased into it so you don't just get thrown <laughs> straight into it get eased into it and because you're working in a team um you know you get to see how more experienced members of your team are dealing with clients and then you get to learn like that way and then um like going to like meetings or something something that you kind of build your way up to um oh. as well and one thing I did forget to mention is um with so I do half of my work on client teams when the other half's also on the technical side so it's sort of 50 yeah. 50 split so getting to do some more of the um technical actuarial work as well so yeah yeah so tell us a little bit about that then so you know and we say technical is that kind of your software kind of side tell us a bit about that and did you have any previous experience before doing that role so um so the technical stuff yeah like you said so using a lot more like the software and like a lot of like a lot of the calcs like behind a lot of what the client team are doing as well um And I didn't have experience with any of the particular software that you use at Hyman's, but um, I guess a little bit in like my degree at uni, getting to use a bit of software, but you get so much training and you get taught how to do everything. So I wouldn't, it's not something I'd worry about. Um, okay. Yeah, in terms of having experience in. So I guess for the audience watching, if you do have an interest, Kirsty, you'd probably like to see that on an application if they have got some kind of software interest or do anything outside their degree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it definitely, I think, comes across um, our application form. We'll come on, obviously, to, to be chatting about that anyway. But there's a, a section in our application form that asks about what kind of key skills that you have that you think are relevant for this role. So if you do have that software interest, that's a fab place to mention it. Um, Likewise, a lot of our interview questions, while they're not technical, but questions that we ask, you're so welcome to give like a technical answer and chat about use of software and the like as you're doing that. So yeah, it definitely comes up quite a lot for us and it's always good to see, always well received. Yeah, absolutely. And a great thing for students to show off about, you know, even if it's Mm -hmm. not their kind of their degree subject. So absolutely mention that in the application. So Robert, I'm going to come back to you. Um, So if you could just tell us a bit more about um, the projects, rotations that you've been involved in so far. Yeah, sure. So when you when you when so when you when you apply to a trainee consultant graduate role, mm-hmm. um, and if you're the one chosen from the intake to join research, you'll be working with very experienced people. Like these are this is the first time they've they've taken on a graduate because you'll be working with people that have twenty to thirty years of experience, have been fund mm-hmm. managers in most cases. Yeah. Wow. So you'll be learning from very experienced people. And the research department is split between three areas. So you have listed income um the private markets you know infrastructure private equity private debt and then you have the equities and you spend six months in those areas so i've started in private markets and currently i'm in fixed income and you're 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 giving fund managers to look after and build those relationships 
it's essentially like stock picking, but instead of stock picking, you're picking fund managers. Um, yeah. And how are you finding it? Are you enjoying it? Sounds like again a lot of pressure. Um, it is it is pressure, but um, you're supported by very experienced people, and they make you feel comfortable. And you you have to be curious about what you do, and um, they're always willing to to answer your questions. Um, and I do like when when for example we have manager selection exercises, where for example um a DB pension schemes, um that we serve from a consultant point of view, um want to invest in a certain asset class, let's say listed fixed income, they would come to us and we would run a manager selection exercise for them. Um, so start with 10 funds that we rate highly and come down to two and then do an interview with them. So the fund managers will essentially pitch for the business to, to get that pension scheme on board so they can invest with them. Robert, how, I know this is probably the magic question, but how do you predict, how do you know what's going to happen? How do you know, you know, which is the best one to go for or, you know, the best best thing to invest in? How do you make those decisions and how do you kind of influence your clients? So so we do have a preferred list in-house. And as I've said, the researchers are very experienced, you know, 30 years being fund managers or whatever. And so we have a five-stage process that we go through. And if you if you make it to the final stage, you're a good fund, basically. Okay. And we would we would rate you internally, but we wouldn't advertise it anywhere. Um because right. that rating costs for, for the client to to earn. And as I've said, the research team is quite niche area because three years ago they were five people. They've grown to 30. Oh, oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's processes are still developing. So if you have that kind of startup mentality you 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 you'll be listened to in terms of how things can improve yeah definitely so Casey just to come back to you for a second so again it at what point should uh, candidates show their interest in the research area of the business I'm completely up to them so what we do is we'll recruit for see seven or eight new grads for the um for, for the investment team a year and it's all within that one graduate scheme so you, you come and you get channeled through um, and when we're at interview stage we'll likely mention you know there is research opportunities we will kind of flag that up and we'll take notes at that point as to whether or not that's something that they're interested in um, you don't get forced to go down that path or anything like like that so it very much is if you are more interested in the consultant side of things that's absolutely fine we will um we'll be actively asking you at different stages of the process kind of what your interests are um, and we'll have an open dialogue with you as you go through that part of the process so after you've been offered a, a role in the investment team we'll likely kind of sit down have you know an initial chat with you to say this is all the, the different areas of investment that you're going to get exposure to which are, which are of interest to you so yeah we would we would do it at that stage perfect that's really good and is that kind of what happened with you then Robert you know what was your journey and what was your process like yeah so uh i've i've, I've um when you when you apply um you you are asked um if you, if you want to join research so i've said yes mm -hmm. and then you know two weeks into my role as a on the consultant side um, i had a few interviews with 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 people that work in research and because i work i used to work at the office of national statistics i had that research skills um mm -hmm. skills already so it kind of made a natural natural transition to to that yeah. part of the business oh. 
the reason why I ask, it's just so good to hear from graduates like yourself. You know, sometimes, you know, with your backgrounds, there might be those obvious industries that you can go into, but then sometimes you fall into a role, you fall into an opportunity that you absolutely love and you think, God, I didn't even expect myself to be in this part of the business or working on this particular thing. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to see what your journey was like, really, to see, you know, was there an interest from the start, which sounds like there was, which is which is good. So, Kieran, I'm going to come to you next. Um, obviously, being at Gradcracker for Gradcracker, <laughs> been at Hiram's Robinson for three years. Um, what's kind of the the rotations, the projects been like for you? Um, quite a lot actually. I've been involved in quite a lot of work, considering I've only stayed in the one business unit. Um, it right. probably echoes to what we know as evaluation. Um, as I mentioned, we work with over fifty funds in England and Wales and Scotland. Um, and each three or every three years, all of the funds get valued at once. So what we do is we calculate all of the assets and the liabilities for each single one of our funds, and they all have the exact same deadline date. So you can imagine oh, it's yeah. a very hectic year when that one comes around. What um, is that deadline date? Can I ask? Thirty uh, first of March. So oh, we <laughs> so we start on the thirty first of March, twenty twenty two was the last one there, and then that we had a year to carry out all the work. So we submitted that and thirty first of March, twenty twenty three. So it was a good celebration on that day, as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So to understand what happens in evaluation, um, probably comes back to the DBDC point. Um. So ultimately, because we have over 50 db schemes we know what the benefits so we know what the pensions are going to be in the future and we know how much they're going to cost yeah. so ultimately that's your liability side um but where this differs from a dc side so a, what members and employers will know is what percentage of pay they're putting away each month so for example um if i just take hymans for example i put away five percent each month hymans pay 12 percent on my behalf and they put that into the pension scheme and that gets invested and then once i retire or eventually well, that's probably about 40 years from now, <laughs> scary thought. Um, that will then get put in and that's my pension. But ultimately with the DB scheme, um, that's already set in stone what I'm going to earn in the future. Um, so what we do then is then the thing that can change are the contributions that are put in. Mm -hmm. So each valuation, because we value the liabilities, we value what the pensions are going to be in future. What we then do is alter the percentage of pay that employers can do. Um, so that ultimately comes down to the risk, as risk aspect. So employers can be very, very safe, meaning that they want to be really, really sure that they can afford the pensions in the future. So the way that they'll do that is up the money they put in each month. So put the contribution higher. Right. Um, but then also on the other scale, they can take like a really, really risky approach and that's reduce the contributions that they pay each month. So because they're putting less money away, less money is getting invested in building, building, which means that they may not be able to make that threshold to meet the pensions in the future. So... Ultimately, at the valuation, we need to find the right balance and strike that point when it's also affordable enough for the employer. Because you can imagine if they're having to put more money away each month to afford a pension, it can be quite strict on budget constraints. Um, but ultimately, they're not putting away too low that it can be too risky in the future and they won't be able to afford the pensions. So, Karen, do you, when you say your clients then, will you liaise with the employer? employee directly or will you just liaise with the client as a whole and say mm -hmm. this particular employee how does uh, yeah, yeah. That ultimately work? it is up to the fund so and this probably depends on the size of fund but if i take one of the clients i work with they'll probably have so you have the fund that's administered by the council 
yeah. and then within the council you'll have lots and lots of underlying employers so yeah. that will be kind of smaller councils it might be academies it might be some charities that are affiliated to a county council mm -hmm. um, and then ultimately it's up to the fund and um, they have the decision on what each of those employers pay and um, the employers do have a say and um, they can argue or they can um, give evidence to ultimately they probably want to pay less because it makes it more affordable for them and um, so they can kind of justify evidence um, and say back like give financial evidence to say that they can afford these contributions and it's not going to be too risky for them things like that and it's good fun as well because as we've kind of touched on i think Kanyeri touched on that she touched that she does the consultant side and the technical side ultimately with evaluation um, I get involved in the technical side so we do all the facts and figures we take in the membership data we crunch it through our systems and get the results and then we do get good exposure to the consultant side as well because that's when we're out meeting the clients and saying we think you should pay in this rate um, and then they might argue back and say can we up that can we lower it so you do get really good consultant experience as well. So yeah in terms of the skill set that you're gaining it's it's quite it's quite broad isn't it in terms of from the soft skills right through to like say the technical stuff and um, in terms of um kind of when do you come off the grad program are you technically off that now then uh I'm not actually sure. I don't think there's a really an official end date oh, for like the graduate program. Um, Carstale could maybe correct me on this one, um, <laughs> but essentially, no. I'm still working my way through my exams. So there's, I don't know if you'll ask me this later, but there's thirteen in total, and I've covered eleven of them so far. Um, so if I'm looking at that from my stage in my career, I would say I'm almost there. Right, Definitely I see. <laughs> so we refer to it as a graduate intake, but actually it's a permanent opportunity. So mm -hmm. you are as such coming in as a graduate to start doing your IFA or your CFA exams and, and working your way through them. There, like Kieran says, there isn't a, an exact end date to it. We are um, quite flexible. We don't force people through exams as, as quickly as possible. We allow them the kind of time and space to work through them at their own pace. So we would kind of we would consider somebody a trainee and until they have passed those exams so perhaps not a graduate trainee if you're coming in and having a few years um but yeah you're um you are offered a the, the gradual with us is a, a perm opportunity so it's yeah you're in with the bricks once you're in that's you <laughs> that's lovely so worst case and so don't mean to sound negative but worst case scenario what would happen if you failed an exam could you just reset it yeah, it happens. I don't want to say it happens a lot because it, it's not a, not an overly common occurrence, but of course it does happen. The actuarial exams, they are tough um, and they aren't they aren't for everybody. You know, there is a, a quite a lot amount of study time goes with them. They are quite, I'll say quite tricky. Keaton will definitely be like, no, they're far more than far tricky. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're really tough um, to get through, but they, they are really rewarding to get through. We support... Um, our, our grads through that process so if you fail it a couple of times that's that's not a problem not mm -hmm. every one of our graduate roles as much as we'll you kind of automatically get put onto an exam pathway not every one of our graduates finishes that exam pathway so there are opportunities elsewhere in the business where maybe not in that consulting space so Oniri mentioned you know there's the technical side of um, the actuarial private team and the consultant side um, you need to have those exams to be a fully qualified consultant but you could still be doing the technical work if you're you're not fully qualified so again there's ways in that we can work with you to make sure that you're in the right place in the business for for yourself and for your skill set yeah that's brilliant to know thank you Kirsty. Kieran just to come back to you a sec how would you balance your time um 
I'm probably the kind of bad student that um, I like to cram stuff towards the end. Um, if you can maybe edit that out of the webinar. Um, <laughs> it is live. Uh, <laughs> um, no, ultimately, then, I think the well, the actuarial exams are spread over two months of the year, so they either take place in April or September. Um, yeah. um, you'll probably spend, yeah, I think when it comes to exam times, you kind of give up your weekends and you need to study a couple of hours at night. Um, and then throughout the year you have like tutorials to keep up on you've got your notes to read and keep yes. catch up and um, so it's not too strenuous um, out with the exam times but certainly when it comes to april and september it is a big commitment to almost give up a few weekends but hopefully it'll be worth it in the end yeah, it'll be a long run. Um, and at least as well you've got the 31st of march out of the way as well so you, you know you yeah can... i think the hardest bit is compared to university because you've got all the time in the world to study and um, you are working full time a long way like alongside having to do these exams and we do get a day off a week which is very useful but oh, ultimately yeah yeah but ultimately we've got to manage a work manage a job and these exams at the same time which when you're sitting your first couple of exams can be hard to get used to but yeah. there's great support out there everyone's in the same boat so you do get used to it very quickly yeah i was going to ask that about support and and you know you and you go going through exams at the moment as well. Yeri, you're going through them as well. You know, you, do you feel like you've got that support network around you? Do you feel as though, you know, you, you you're not overwhelmed with it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, my uh, sorry, my uh, people manager literally just finished his sort of final exam to fully qualify. So, um, he he's very much kind of just at the end of the process, and it's all very fresh in his memory. And he, he's been brilliant to just start going, this is what can help you, this is what worked for me, and this is what's worked for other people. Yeah, that's really nice to have that support, isn't it? And to know it's gone through it. Ayuri, can you can you add to that? Yeah, definitely. I'd say there's a lot of support, and I felt supported throughout. Even, for example, um, Jaime's just put on a couple of days of, like, actuarial math lessons, which was, was like, oh. two days all of maths, which was... <laughs> fun but um just to like which was just like extra on top of the tutorials and stuff that we already have to do just to help us feel a bit more confident um mm -hmm. for the exams that we were going to do which was great because didn't have to do that and it definitely helped so much um felt like it really accelerated my learning process um for like the first exam that I've got so just things like that and even just with all the help um in terms of getting your study materials you know we have like a study champion and like I think each office has someone that kind of takes care of all the students just helping you know which resources to get and you know just yeah just a lot of help definitely a lot of support yeah that's really good to hear and um, so in terms of we'll stick with you Marie. so in terms of um your kind of your projects that you've worked on so far I know you've only been there three months but what's it you know what kind of projects have you been working on and um what have you been up to yeah, so um, following on from what I was saying earlier with it sort of being split in half. So on the consulting side, so those are like the client teams that I've been allocated to. Um, and you're in those teams and you work with those people um, just doing general things that you have to do for clients. So some calculations and reports and doing stuff like that. Um, yeah. And that's great and just teamwork. And that's really nice. Um, and then on the um, technical side as well. So um, we have our technical team and we're, I guess, sort of like doing a rotation with them um, for this year and having the opportunity to kind of deep dive into some more of like the technical work and that you wouldn't necessarily do if you're just doing consulting, which is really cool. And that I think doing both sides helps you understand like the other as well. So yeah. that's really good. So that's 
mostly what I spend my time on at the moment and then have my study day as well once a yeah, week so studying. Yeah. yeah and you and is that similar for you no no I'd kind of um, very much focused on the client side work so basically you know almost everything I do is either kind of generally sort of prep for for the, the kind of DC market in general sort of helping Hyman's win work doing a bit more broad research or but mostly it's just specifically trying to take the work to say uh, Robert does um, in investment or we have like kind of other teams that sort of re- you know in research and and the and you know the Onyeri might do for for the technical team and just trying to help the the modeling team apply that directly to the client so like, I'll be involved in client path optimization um sort of investment monitoring uh, I, I have managed to get involved a wee bit in client onboarding but it's all very much client focused and can is that because you've you've got an interest in that? Is that because you know you know how come you're doing that as well? Yeah, definitely. I've, you know, I've, I've always found it's kind of I, I certainly find it a bit more um, engaging to kind of to to speak with clients as an individual because that's really where the problem is. You've got to solve you know we're solving it for them as opposed to in broader senses. But it's not that you know the the work that from the, the technical side is absolutely necessary to everything I do. Like I you know I would not be able to just kind of go in without that. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine. Um, so in terms of your future plans, you know, can you see already where you can imagine you go in with Hyman's? Have you got kind of a bit of a, a career plan at the moment or not yet? Yeah, well, I think obviously the Hyman's have a, a really strong focus on getting and helping kind of uh, new grads and new students through their uh, actuarial exams. I'm kind of setting the actuarial exams. Uh, a lot, you know, the, the uh, Kieran sitting, um, and I joined the same time as on Yeri. So both of us are setting our first ex- first exams in April. Uh, I guess like long term, I'm just you know be looking to kind of get through as many of those, and um, try and really progress through that, and kind of expand how much I can help the team. Yeah, definitely. And um, how many exams was it in total? Sorry. Uh, well, there's thirteen, and Kieran might be able to correct me, but it's. Uh, there's on top of that. There's some professionalism exams oh, okay. um, you've got to sit. You know, which which I, I hear there's nothing to worry about, but it is uh, you know you probably should should sit those. Yeah, there's Do ten exams and then sorry, there's twelve physical exams and then three online courses. Okay, which kind of leads me on to my next question regarding training. So you know, what training do you get in terms? of supporting you with these exams and Karen, I'll stick with you so what support do you get in terms of um for all of these exams and you know again just preparing yourself and so the exams are ultimately run by the institute and the faculty of, Ac- of actuaries so that's the main like overseeing board for all the exams and the institution if you like and within that, they've got a subsidiary called ACTED. So ACTED, um, they prepare all of the training materials for all of the exams. They run a lot of the tutorial sessions. So ultimately, it's up to your choice as well. So well, when I set an exam, I'll attend a number of tutorials. I'll also make use of ACTED's notes. Um, they'll give you physical notes. They'll give you past exam questions. They'll give you mock exams. Um, so ultimately, it's a bit like university. Um, but it's all it's either virtual or in person as well. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. And then in terms of any other additional training you get, kind of coming away from the exams, you know, just kind of your day-to-day 
um, role and what support have you had over the three years? Um, it's ultimately training on the job, I would say. Yeah. Um, there's a real, um, I'm not sure about the other um, departments, but there's a real kind of hierarchical progression throughout um, actuarial public. So we take in a graduate intake every year and then you kind of progress to the rank. So you become, ultimately at the start of your career, become a doer. So that's, you're doing the hands-on work, you're doing all the calculations, learning all the systems. You then progress to a checker role. So that's ultimately looking over all the doer's work and just spotting any mistakes. And when the checker's happy with that, they then pass that to a reviewer. And the reviewer will, and that's ultimately has to be a qualified actually, because then they'll sign out the work for the client. So there really is a kind of natural progression. And as you move like through the ranks, you really will learn on the role. So Kieran, are you classed as a doer or a checker? I'm a checker now. You're so checking. probably a doer for the first couple of years and then you move on to a checker and then hopefully a reviewer next year, but we'll see. <laughs> and then after, sorry, after a checker, it was a reviewer. Yeah, that was it. Yep. Ah, and is that sim for you, kind of Robert? You know, the being in research is that a similar um support that you get in terms of training and? Yes, so it. Re- I actually do um, CFA exams, and not the actuarial ones. Um, okay. Chartered financial analyst exams, mm-hmm. and that's free exams. You you have to do to get qualified, but every okay. exam is incredibly long. And you, you people spend six to, to to a year preparing for an exam, and these are five hour exams on on the day. Um, and in terms of training, that I've also done the IMC investment management certificate exams, um, all paid for. You get uh, time off to to study for the exams, and in terms of training, I th- there is a lot of on the day, um, on the job training, but also. Um, graduate training. So every every three or six months, um, we receive training. These are two. These are over two or three days. Um, could be in any office. So we had yeah. training in Glasgow, training in London. So you get to move around a lot. Oh, that's and... a good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. you get a chance to kind of travel across the list, and I'll also get to meet more of your colleagues as well. Yeah, and also with with especially in research. You, like you're listened to, like mm. I've made a suggestion. We 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 basically give business to these fund managers. Why can't they give us training for free, and be you know they they were happy to do it. So you're that's listened cool. to basically. Yeah, that's a really really good point. And um, so, gonna what we're gonna do next is kind of come away from the day job and just find out what else you've been up to. So, um, you know, what's the kind of the culture like at Hyman's, and yeah, have you had any? Have you got any Christmas parties planned? That's what we all want to know, really. <laughs> um, so are, we, are you, oh, I think, um, get your name wrong, so I do apologise. Um, Onyiri, tell me a bit about, you know, what life, you, you know, what you've been up to as part of the role and, you know, have you got anything fun planned for Christmas in terms of Christmas parties? <laughs> so I will say Hyman's de- well especially I guess I can speak for the Birmingham office that's the office I'm at is really sociable so there are like a lot of socials that happen which is really nice and um, we had our Christmas party last Friday and that was really fun yeah. that was really good um, <laughs> yeah I had a great time and there's always like things going on um, I think one time we like a few of the people that started in the last year we went and played like virtual darts somewhere which is like really fun um okay. we've had a quiz night for like the whole office so there's always like stuff going on um which means you get to meet other people in the office like all the other departments that are there as well so there's a lot to be involved in 
outside of like your day-to-day yeah. job and there are different like um I don't know what the West I want to say societies that's quite a uni term but like different groups like yeah. within the yeah. office for different things which is like they can get involved in um which is great and you get um three volunteering days a year as well which is really nice so you can do um do some volunteering and like people give you ideas what volunteering can do or you can do your own thing so yeah there's a lot outside of just working yeah which is nice yeah and that's what we like to touch upon as well isn't it because mm. it's about networking yourself as an individual and you know creating those um you know friendships with other people in the business and kind of not siloing yourself and um, so Kieran, Robert, you and have you got anything to add to that? Have they been up to anything else apart from the, the Christmas parties? I don't know why I keep talking about the Christmas well, parties. Yeah, sure, I guess the, the three of us and Kirsty can speak for Glasgow and I say that the, the Glasgow office is very uh, kind of focused on a sort of overall getting everyone together as well as the sort of individual departments. We all just had our um, Christmas night out on the 1st of December up at Mar Hall. Uh, you know, am I, am I getting that right? which is a big black tie event. Uh, did uh, the three of you manage to make it? So I was, I, I had another, um, I had another commitment that night. So I wasn't, I was just at, we had an HR one last week, not as black tie, but we were at Bowling <laughs> for, for that one, which is really fun. But the pictures from um, the Mar Hall event just looked amazing. It just looked like everyone had a great time. It was similar, like we, we tend to do a black tie Christmas event um, once a year every, every office kind of does their own one but yeah Marhol was this year um, was at a castle last year but I've completely forgotten what one it was Cross Basket yeah. Castle that's what it was last year that was good that yeah. one you'll yeah, have to send the pictures of it and we'll put them on the hub yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how suitable some of them will be for the hub I'm not yeah. going to lie yeah. um... <laughs> have to be before yeah. a certain time of night yeah, yeah. yeah exactly get, get them all, get all the, only the pictures before 8 o'clock yeah I think I've, gone, I've not actually worked directly with Robert, but I have met him a couple of times on the Fiveside Football Park. Yeah, so I play that's fives um, oh, one lunchtime every week with people from the office. And so that's how I've managed to meet Robert through that. I won't say it quietly, but he's a little bit better than me, so <laughs> I wouldn't dwell on it. <laughs> oh, welcome, that's Robert. great. And Robert, will you take that? Or is Karen all right with football? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was convincing. <laughs> wow. Well, well, guys, it sounds like an absolutely brilliant place to work, honestly. And yeah. um, a really interested insight there. So, uh, Kirsty, I think we want to find out, you know, the next steps and what the application process is like. So, Carla, I'll hand back to you. Thank you, my love. So, yeah, like Jessica just mentioned, um, and like we mentioned at the beginning of the webinar, currently open for the summer internship and graduate opportunity, which are both on the Hyman's Hub on Gradcracker. So, Kirsty, the job description there, the students need to thoroughly research you as an employer. There's lots of information there. Christmas party pictures coming pending. soon. <laughs> pending, pending this week. I'll cheers you on that on Monday. Um, so, what's the next steps? What's the application process look like? Yeah, so once you've had a, a wee look through the job description, um, it really is just as simple as, as clicking on apply um, and that will take you through to our application form. So for both the summer intern and the grad opportunities, it's a free question application form. Um, for the summer interns, we ask why Hyman's? So what excites you about uh, an opportunity at Hyman's? Um, we ask how this internship will benefit you and we ask um, what free key skills you have that you think will be of use in this particular role. Similar for the grads, um, application form it's it's what excites you about Hyman's it's what exam pathway and why um, and kind of the showcasing the research you've done on the exam pathways and it's the three top skills that you have as well so um, very similar 
in, in terms of, of kind of what we're asking. Um, after that, it's on to the dreaded psychometric test. So you've got a numerical reasoning test and what was called the situational judgment test, but we're now referring to it as a job focused assessment. Um, obviously, we use a numerical reasoning test. As you can tell, you know, a lot of this, um, well, it's not just maths you need to be good at. Initial maths is such a key part of it and being able to work well with numbers is such a crucial part of it that we do just need to make sure you've got that baseline maths ability that we need. Um, after that, you're on to a telephone interview, which is with myself or one of the others from the, the human resources team. That really is just a 30 minute kind of informal chat just about your interest in hymens. It's it's kind of focused on and, and some of the key skills that we look for in the role. And then if you're successful at that stage, it's on to a final stage um, interview with the relevant business unit. So at your telephone interview, we'll be chatting to you about the different opportunities that we have um, and we'll be chatting a bit more about kind of where you may be a fit for within the business based on your skill set so your final interview is with the relevant area of the business that you would be fitting into and that is literally it I should also mention that between your um, phone interview and your final stage interview um, everyone who's going through to final stage gets a 10 minute careers coaching call with me so I'll go through kind of what to expect at final stage some preparation suggestions um, and, and just kind of go through some of the feedback from your first stage interview as well so that you've got that to work on ahead of your final stage so you do get quite a lot of prep as, as you run through that part of the process. And, and it, I thought you said instead of three P skills, freaky skills. I thought, I bet you get all sorts when you talk, ask about freaky skills. Oh, I thought we said freaky skills. Two words, not one word. Um, I, wonder, I wonder what you get, freaky skills. You need to add that code to make sure you'll get all sorts. Um, and any hints and tips then? What, what hints and tips would you give the students for being successful? Oh, that is like the the absolute key question, isn't it? So yeah, I absolutely. think for me, it's do your research. Um, you know, utilize things like the Grad Cracker Hub, where we've got lots and lots of information and videos and lots of content stored. Um, do your research. One of the the first question in any one of our interviews is always, um, you know, what excites you either about Hymans or the particular business unit that you're applying to. So start yourself off on a good stead by being able to confidently talk about why us, you know. We want it to be specific, not generic. So really focus in on that, I think would be my top tip for success. And remember this web webinar will be on the Hymans Hub from tomorrow. We also break it down to bite-sized chunks as well. So this is a perfect way to do your research, listen to all the grads and um, experiences and obviously Kirsty's and tips as well. And um, so thank you very, very much, Kirsty. Um, on to the final quick fire rounds of the year. Oh, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Um, top facts about Hymans, Robert, I'm coming to you. Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> especially in research, I think um, your job is what you, you you make of it. So as I've said, it's a research is a developing area processes. You know, you, you work on developing those. So, yeah, you can get involved in, in, in anything you like. So, for example, I've got involvement uh, capital markets um, work. So commenting on markets and making sense of those to, to pension schemes. Perfect. So make it what you what you will. And um, thank you, Robert. Kieran. Um, my top fact is probably that there's no real hierarchical 
areas um, within the firm. So here in the Glasgow office, we all sit together. There's no specific offices. Um, so one day you could be sitting next to a fellow graduate like yourself, or you could be sitting next to the senior partner or a PA, for example. So there, there is a real mix and no one feels isolated or kind of the bottom of the food chain, if you like. So it's a real mix. Who are you sitting next to today, Kieran? Uh, one of my friends from university, actually. So, oh, okay. that's nice. There's been a lot of chit chat. It's <laughs> the Christmas. It's fine. Thanks, Kevin. You win. I would, yeah, touch on basically both the points from Robert and Kieran about how friendly everyone is, just how welcoming and really encouraging it can be to uh, both have a kind of to sit with friends, but also to sit with people who can really show you and lead you, lead you the way. Perfect. Thank you, Ewan. And Anyera, you're going to finish off with a bit of a history fact. Yeah, so the firm is over 100 years old. So there's a lot of history and culture and knowledge here. It's great. Yeah, love it. Thank you very much. And now on to your favourite memory. So these are hopefully these are going to be some good ones. Robert, what's your favourite memory so far about working with Hyman's? I think it was the research away day uh, not long ago. I think, um, you know, you, you get to hear people's stories, you know, yeah. as I've said, a lot of experienced people in research so you, you get to hear their their stories how they develop their career which is very you know useful to me starting starting just my career so yeah was that off-site then or was that a, a different site at Ireland it was off-site um off-site. Uh, at a restaurant in Glasgow oh lovely perfect thank you Robert, your favourite, sorry, Robert, I've asked you, Kieran, your favourite thing about Hyman's? Yeah, I'll give a work one and a non-work one, if that's okay. Work one is probably okay. my first presentation. Um, I went down to one of the uh, the funds that we work with, so that was down in Cambridgeshire, and I had to present to over 200 people, which was pretty scary, oh, but uh, yeah. got through it. Uh, non-work one, probably a night out after the evaluation. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was a good fun time. I bet, yeah, completely relaxing. Thank you very much. Um, you win. Oh, definitely, I would say the... Uh... The Christmas night out so far it was brilliant to see that one dressed up and having a great time. Perfect. That's your face. If she recently mentions Christmas, she likes <laughs> like, I just love Christmas. Like a little fairy. And Yuri, what's your favourite thing so far? Um, I think it'd be the training week that I had at the start. So all the grads were in London for that week, which was really fun. So from all the offices, we had our training week there and that was really fun to get to meet um, everyone. So all the actuarial grads um, and get to spend a week in London, meet new people. Yeah, it was really good. Perfect. Thank you all very much. It's been an absolutely brilliant webinar. Don't forget, like Kirsty mentioned at the beginning, the opportunities are open on their hub until the 12th of February. So enjoy yourselves over Christmas, but then make sure you you know knuckle down and apply to the positions. Kirsty really, really wants to hear from you. Um, so yeah, last webinar of the year, Jessica. No, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this year. It's been brilliant. Really, really enjoyed all of your company. Um, so we will be back, Jess, won't we, on the 12th, no, 11th of January, um, 2 p.m. Thursday, where we're joined by MathWorks. So see you all then, and have a good Christmas and New Year. Take Thank care, you, everybody. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.